Today's episode is so, so good. Leslie and I are talking about all the ways to reach out to clients in what is often a slow time of year for many designers, the new year. Specifically, we're talking about how to reach out to people you've already engaged with, whether it's a potential past client, a referral from a friend, or warm leads from your email list. It's targeted marketing that avoids the icky, sleazy feeling of sales. We think you'll find a variety of ways to engage with them that provides value without ever discounting your services. Are you ready? Grab your coffee. Let's take a listen. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design business and decided to hit the record button. We are designers getting coffee with each other and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. Today's episode is brought to you by Designers Oasis. I wanted to create an online hub for designers to access resources to help you run your business. Designers Oasis is a place to get time-saving and confidence-boosting design resources. Start with a free space planning quick reference guide, printable to make space planning quick and effortless. You can also access the Canva templates for interior designers. Right now, our podcast listeners can get 10% off the Canva templates for interior designers. Use the code DGCCANVA10 at checkout. That's DGC for designers getting coffee, Canva10 at checkout. Head over now to designersoasis.com and stop going it alone. And now this is episode 29, how to reach out to potential clients. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Kate. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I got a big old cup of tea, not coffee, but good enough. And I'm ready to go. How are you doing today? I am excellent. This has been a fun, exciting, busy, busy, busy week, but I am, I'm getting back into the groove of things after the time off and yeah. Excited about season three, kicking it off. Yeah, me too. I know last week's episode was more for funsies, but now we're getting into the real meat of season three, which is really your client onboarding process, getting people in the door and getting people, I don't know, like getting money, selling them good services, doing awesome things. It's all about that first part of a project. So I think it's going to be a great season to really go deep into that topic and hopefully give you guys some great tactical advice, things you can start implementing like right now to grow your biz. Yeah. So our first episode was really high level questions that you ask when starting a business and season two focused more heavily on growing and kind of those next phases. And I think this is just a natural progression of things. And I think we're going to maybe revisit some of the topics that we have talked about in the past, but go a little bit more in depth on them. So it's a perfectly fine place to jump in and listen if, you, if you're if you new, but um, just know that those episodes are also available to you. And I think that we'll end up mentioning a handful of them as we move into season three. So um, yeah, so we're coming out of the holiday season. I know that for many designers, we try to wrap up a lot of projects before the new year, which can sometimes mean the beginning of the year, there are crickets. I have seen a natural rhythm and seasonality to my business, especially here in Texas, and really getting new clients in the door before um, the holiday season can be tricky if if it's not something that you are actively doing before. And so if that's where you are, and honestly, this can apply for any time of year, what we talk about, but knowing that this tends to happen at the beginning of the year, we just wanted to talk about how can you really reach out to people that you've maybe already established relationships with and really move them along with you as 
as a client. So let's dive in. Um, are there, I have a question for you. Do you have specific things that you do every year at the beginning of the year to reach out to clients? You know, I don't specifically focus on this at the beginning of the year. It's really something that I try to spend an hour or two on every week just to sort of keep the momentum going. I find it's really easy when you get busy to stop marketing and you guys have probably heard the cliche, but when you're busy is exactly when you need to market. So I don't look at outreach or marketing as something that happens seasonally, quarterly at the beginning of the year, but it's really something that is a regular part of my business strategy is to just, you know, get back in front of people that maybe you haven't talked to in a while, past clients. So I absolutely do it in January, but I do it in February and March and April too. How about you? <laughs> yes. That, no, that's right. And that is best that is best practice. But I think now's a really good time to be reaching out to people. I think this is a great time of year to start projects for a couple of reasons. Summers tend to be hard for folks who, especially if they have young kids or even high school age kids, because um, there's a lot of changes to schedules and people feel a little bit more extended. There's often a lot of travel happening. So if you can start um, especially bigger projects right around this time, then you're well positioned to be able to get through design and then start construction and even possibly finish depending on the scope of the work um, before that summer break starts. So I, I do like this. I, I do like to remind clients that this is a really good time of year to work on projects. I think clients tend to think about things like oh yeah, I've been wanting to renovate my kitchen for a long time and I only think about it in October when the holiday and entertaining season is coming up. And you guys know that's way too late to begin doing anything like that. So especially for kitchen design in, in that world, they're probably experiencing or those pain points are fresh in their minds, having just entertained. They're probably just like, oh my gosh, I wish we had more space. I wish it was better organized. I wish, wish all these different things, wish we had more room for guests. So if you can reach out to them and see if you can kind of build on that at this time, it just has naturally made sense for me and, and for the clients that I've had in the past. So I think that's a great idea. So you're not saying that you don't reach out to people throughout the year, but you have specific things you do early in the new year to kickstart that process. Correct. Awesome. So um, for example, I have a couple who I've worked with in a designer for a day capacity last year. And they mentioned to me, Kate, we really want to do our kitchen at some point. We know that it needs a complete overhaul. We're just not there yet. They were also pregnant. And so that has come and gone. They've had the baby, the holiday season has come around. And so I did reach out to them and we had a good chat and there's a good chance that they're going to be moving forward, but they just had too much going on. And now is a season of where they're probably ready. So I file this information away and just remember, you know, who did I talk to last year that maybe had projects that they weren't quite ready for reach out to them and revisit. So, um, the one thing I always do in the new year, even if maybe if you send Christmas cards, you might not have to do this or feel like you have to, but I like to send new year's cards. I am the worst at sending out Christmas cards. <laughs> I do, I do gift baskets for past. Well, everybody gets a thousand of them. That's a good point. I do send out gift baskets to clients around Christmas, but really anybody that I've interacted with will also get usually get a New Year's card just to say hi. So that's one thing I always do at the beginning of the year, just to reach out and remind them that I'm around. Um, it's not super salesy. It's just saying hi. Yeah. 
it's just being, you know, getting back to being top of mind for them. Just reminding them that you exist yeah. in a nice way. I love the idea of New Year's cards, especially because I think we're all so inundated at the holiday season with cards and gifts and parties and all the things where, you know, when everything is special, nothing is special. So things kind of start to blend together and are easily forgotten. I like the idea of a card long after they've expected to get anything like that. That's a great idea. Yeah. No, I, I've gotten projects from it. I'm not saying that that has to be your intention, but that's what, that's why we're doing it. <laughs> not in a sleazy way, but it's, no, that's, that's good PR. It's good customer service. It's, you know, my husband gets a phone call every year on his birthday from the dealership where we bought our car. Ugh, that's too much. <laughs> I don't like that. Sorry. Maybe you do. I think that's weird. Uh, phone calls, not for me, but I do send cards or, or gifts if they are past client. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, so one way that you can do this is to write a really engaging blog post uh, or Instagram post that reminds clients that this is the best time of year to tackle a project before school gets out for the summer, falls too late to start a, a project. So you can do it that way through something that you can broadcast more widely. If you weren't comfortable sending direct emails to people saying, hey, I know you're thinking about doing this project. Now would be a great time. Um, I mean, I think you should do that too, but if you're not comfortable with that, or if you don't have somebody specifically in mind that you can reach out to doing it in a blog post format, really saying like, this is the best time of year to start a project, then that could be a way to get spark that imagination with your clients. Yeah, I like doing that in a way like in a blog post or on social where it doesn't feel so salesy, but it's more educational and bringing something to people's minds where they're like, oh, I had no idea. This is a good time. I should talk to her about that. I think that's a great approach to just let people know because they have no idea. People think they can come to you in September and have everything done before Christmas. And I mean, we all laugh at that as designers. It's not going to happen. But I don't think most homeowners realize the lead times and how the process works to do these projects and why so much advance notice is needed to kick these kind of things off. Yeah, no, it's it's true. People are really shocked at how long things take, but that's our job is to to educate them. And if it's a really, really big project, then... You know, maybe they can use that summer time away to let the heavy lifting and demo work happen. So, yeah. Hey, you mentioned earlier about reaching out to, you know, past clients you've done a designer for a day for, or, you know, someone that has express, expressed interest but not moved forward. Do you keep track of those people? Like, do you have, you know, a task in a sauna or somewhere? And like, how are you how are you doing that so you don't forget about people that are potential, you know, kind of pipeline clients? Yeah. So I'm a pen and paper girl. Um, I have a folder and everybody that I've ever talked to, I have a, it's like a spreadsheet and I make notes of what we talked about and I revisit it all the time. So it is literally on a piece of paper. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could do the same thing in a spreadsheet too. Yeah. We use Asana and, you know, you can have projects, but you can kind of like um, Gmail folders. You can have one task be in multiple projects. So we've got one that's just client pipeline and we I kind of throw all the names in there. Well, okay. So that's, that's not true. I also have something in Asana too. And I use Boomerang for Gmail. So if I've maybe been emailing back and forth with somebody, but for some reason it just wasn't the right time. I've had this happen a number of times where people are like, we're getting ready to travel for the summer and I really want to do this, but I just don't have the capacity to start now. Can we revisit after the kids are back in school? And so I will set a Boomerang to come back to return that email to me in like August or September. Oh, that's 
sounds smart. So that'll jog my memory. It's probably also to sound, it's probably also on this sheet. So it's everywhere. <laughs> so you, you've got a system locked down. Basically what I'm getting at is like, this takes planning and strategy to, you know, have a list, to know who you're going to reach out to. It's very intimidating just to show up and be like, okay, I'm going to email somebody, but who do I even have? So I think if you can be doing these things throughout the year, keep track of, you know, maybe someone you had a phone call with, a consultation call, someone that maybe was about to purchase but didn't, or even just there's a handful of people on my email list that will pretty consistently respond to my emails, like not wanting to hire me, but just either, hey, this was great, or having a question. And those are great people to reach out to as well because they obviously have a level of interest in you and your services. And you know they're kind of already a warm lead, even if they haven't, you know, expressly booked a call with you already or engage that. But yeah, no, that's that means they're opening your stuff and engaging with it. So the other thing that I'll do is, like, and we did this last week at our team meeting, is I will just say like, hey, who do you know? Well, I've recognized a pattern that, my clients most often come to me after major life events, whether it's they've moved, they've upsized, upgraded their house, or maybe downsized, marriage, divorce, new baby. Empty nest. Yeah, empty nesters. Yeah, those major life changes that can kind of be the trigger for projects. So I will ask them, hey, ladies, do you know anybody who's had you know, a major life change, um, whether that fits any of these categories. And do you think they might be a good, a good fit or a good candidate and then invite them to be the first one to reach out to them if they feel comfortable with it. It is in a way cold calling, but it's also just offering a, a service too. So yeah, it's not, I don't, I want to make sure I don't sound like I do this in any sort of a sleazy way. It's like, Hey, you just got divorced. Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's anything that involves a fresh start, you know, and really making the most of that and being able to help them. But it's, it's nurturing them. I promise. I don't do it in a sleazy way. No, it is. And I love that you've paid attention to when your clients tend to need you the most. And you can, it's like, it's the pain point idea. Like you have a sense of what their pain points are and you can speak to that in a loving and considerate and helpful way. And like you said, not just like, oh, great, you're divorced. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate. Can I design your new single bachelor pet? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a case-by-case -case basis. And you just decide on what's your relationship with this person? What is your comfort level? What makes the most sense? That's, uh, you know, do it in a really caring way. What about you? What do you, how do you reach out to clients who you've had some sort of interaction with? Um, if we've had, I guess, is that what we're talking about? Is it people who we've already engaged with? And, I, you know, we, or is it new people? Are we, does it matter? Both. I guess potential clients can be both warm leads and cold, like straight up cold traffic people that are not already asking you about your services you're following up with. Um, I am definitely spending a lot more time investing in email marketing, growing my list, making sure I'm offering great value, great information. And then, you know, occasionally the ask, making an offer, making a sales pitch. And that's a big part of my outreach to potential clients because that whole list is people who are interested in what I'm doing, who have found me, who have been referred to me, who have gotten, either taken my quiz or downloaded my budget freebie or, or you know, seen me live at an event and wanted more information. So I think an email list is a good warm audience as well. And email, direct email is definitely one of the best ways to reach people, especially a lot of people at once. 
you know, I think the one-on-one emails are important for people that you have a very warm connection with, who you've already spoken with, who you've already emailed. But your list is a really valuable resource for potential clients. They wouldn't be there if they weren't interested in you and what you were doing. And most people on that list will never hire you, and that's okay. But there's going to be people on there that will. And one way I utilize my email list is I I make sure that I add tags for how they got on the list. So I know if they got on my list from my quiz or from my opt-in or if I met them at an event, you know, I tag them with how I know them basically. Do you do that manually or is it automated? It's automated if they join through one of the online channels, like if they if they if they take the quiz, it's smart and set up to automatically tag them. But what I will do is when I meet somebody in person, you know, at a networking event or somewhere and get their business card and we've had a great conversation, I will manually add them to my email list. I will tag them with how I met them. And then I send them a personalized email the next day, which basically just says, hey, you know, great to meet you yesterday at X event. I usually share a little personal story or something we talked about. And then I let them know, I send out a weekly email with design tips I think you might dig. So I've added you to that list. If it's not your jam, feel free to unsubscribe. So I've taken out the barrier of them adding themselves, but I've also made sure that they understand that I could totally understand if it's not for them, they can opt out. And I don't think anybody has. They're usually like, oh, hey, thank you. That's awesome. I didn't know or would love to read that. So that's one way. And do you do it only if, I'm interested in this, do you do it only if you guys have talked about your design business? Nope. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. <sighs> yeah, this is for like, I am I guess I'm talking not like every single person I meet, but yeah. Hey, server at McDonald's, <laughs> can I get your email address? <laughs> sure. No, this is more for like, you know, I've been introduced to somebody by a friend or I've been at a, you know, co-working event or a meetup or networking lunch or something. That's the kind of thing where, you know, I won't blast everyone in the room, but people that I've talked to that I've exchanged business cards with, I like to follow up the next day and get them on my list right away. And I make sure to add that note. If it's not for you, feel free to unsubscribe. I want them to know that it's no pressure that I'm really adding them because I think there's going to be value, not because I'm trying to sell them something. Of course, long-term, I would love for them to buy something. And to get someone on your list is a big deal. So I do make sure to tag them. And then what I do with that information later is every so often, I can send an email to say just the people I've met at networking events in person and I could make an offer or I have, you know, everyone gets tagged when they do, they book a consultation call so I can target those people, especially, you know, the ones that didn't go forward and say, hey, you know, we talked a while back. I've got this new program you might love or this new package. So there's ways to reach out to people in a really targeted way that's going to meet their needs. It doesn't always just have to be here's an email blast to a thousand people that's saying the same thing that, you know, they might not be ready for it. So I love that. What would you say to somebody like me who has pretty much stopped blogging for my design business? I am building up the Designers Oasis blog, but so if I'm not somebody that enjoys blogging, like blogging's not something I do for my business, but maybe I do have, you know, a small but mighty email list um, and I want to reach out to them occasionally, but I don't want to be only sending them sales content. I want to be, what are some other suggestions you would make to somebody like me who wants to reach out to their list? Maybe let's just say monthly. What kind of content would you put in that email that was not salesy? That's an awesome question. Not to put you on the spot. No, 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 that's a great question. So my blog, because I blog weekly, that does give me great content to talk about in my emails. I can take a little pull quote. I can tease what's happening on the blog and get people to click through. 
but you don't need a blog to be able to bring great information and great value to people on your email list. For example, you guys know I have the Badass Biz Bundle coaching program and I have the Biz Tip Monday email list that ties in with that. I know so many All fancy names. All the names. names. <laughs> all the names with the alliterations. Kate's gonna roll over. Nah, I keep saying it's all good. All my alliteration words. Anyway, so I've got the, I've got the Biz Tip Monday email. There is no blog for the coaching program. I do not have the bandwidth for that. I do not think it's going to be the most valuable way to reach people. I know for that to reach designers directly, there's this podcast. And then also the Monday emails. So the Monday biz tip emails is really me giving away great information, like my best stuff, stuff that people pay me money for. But that's how you have to reach people. And it's so backwards, but it works. Give away your best stuff and people will pay you for more of that and more of you. So I don't have a blog, but my my Monday emails are not, come coach with me, come buy this thing. They are, here's something I've learned in business and a quick tip you can implement right now. Here's, you know, a great vendor that I just discovered or something I learned about online ads or, you know, some way that I can demonstrate my expertise in a way that's useful to people and just makes them go like, huh, that's awesome. I hadn't thought of that. I think that's great. You can do the same thing with your client facing email list. You can, hey, here's five great new home accessories that just launched this season that I think are really cool. Or here's, you know, a great paint color that I've used recently and I wanted to show you a picture of it. There's ways to sort of show what you do and demonstrate your expertise that are not just constantly asking for more business. Yeah. So instead of doing like some epic blog post, you could do something that is original content that you put together that's maybe more bite-sized information um, and include some some photos and some helpful information in a really quick sort of digestible yeah. piece of information. Video is great for this too. If instead of a, you know, spending Whew. two hours on a blog post, okay, not for you, but for a lot of people, <laughs> instead of spending two hours on a blog post to get content to share with your audience and use to reach out to potential clients, you do a five minute Facebook live and share something useful, show them something, put that up on YouTube and then embed that in your email, like easy peasy done. And people love video. And not only are you going to reach the people on Facebook when you go live, but you're going to have people on your email list clicking through to see it. So there is lots of ways to leverage, you know, say you've got one great topic, one great nugget of information, like I'll just go with paint colors, you know, the five best navy paint colors, because they're a thing right now, as we talked about last week. So you could do a quick video showing them, you could do a quick email with links to, you know, things that have them, you could show your portfolio that you use them. There's lots of ways to leverage content and use a small bit of information to reach out to potential clients in a whole bunch of different channels. I love it. I'm My wheels are turning. Uh, to me, I think the obvious thing is to think about what questions do you get all the time? Yeah. And, you know, even if you don't have them written down, you'll probably notice people asking recurring things. One question that I've noticed is people always want to know how to mix, how to merge their design styles with a significant other that has no taste. <laughs> That's, you know, in, in in different ways, I get asked that a lot. And, you know, those are the kind of things to keep your ears open for. Like I, people hear a lot about paint colors, like, oh, I picked this blue and it, or this gray and it looks purple or this and that. Start noticing those little things and see how you can solve those problems because you're an expert and I'm sure you can and get that information to people in a just straight up helpful, here's a cool tidbit for you kind of way. 
And that builds a lot of trust with people and they want to hear more because they know you're good at what you do. And then when, when you make an offer, some of them will be ready because they've, they've grown to trust you. That's no like and trust. They know you, they like you, they trust you. You've demonstrated consistently that you are, you know, you're reliable. You have great information. You have great skills, knowledge, and then they'll buy from you when they're ready. It's so good. I mean, I'm, I'm making it a lot more maybe simplified, but you know what I mean? Like you have to deliver great information great value. You can't just constantly be asking for sales. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree with that. Given that we're talking about, you know, reaching out to potential clients, whether they're past leads or new people or people that you've been introduced to, you know, like what you do with your, your blog is a regular, like weekly thing that they can come to expect. But if there was ever like somebody like me who doesn't blog regular, regularly, and just wants to reach out to some people just to remind them that I'm here doing it in a helpful way, I could see the benefit of doing that through email. So one of the other things I've done that's not necessarily always at the beginning of the year, but it certainly could be, is to offer some sort of a promotion, but not a discount. So you will never hear me advise you to discount your services, but a promotion- Okay, wait a minute though. You, you mentioned not discount your services, but I'm like, right now you're offering a 10% discount off your Canva template. That's but I would argue that's different. Okay, there we go. I want to make sure that that distinction <laughs> yeah. is there because there are times and places where, yeah, a discount can be appropriate, but not on you. Right. Yes, I, I don't advocate that personally, but a promotion could be, a promotion as far as it relates to your services would be something that you can add value, a way that you could add value. So let's say you offer a two-hour in-home consultation, maybe you create a a bonus or a freebie or something that's a pretty meaty thing. Like it can't just be like a one-page downloadable PDF like that. It needs to be something a bit more substantial. It doesn't have to be like a whole ebook, right? <laughs> Although it could be if you're really ambitious that somebody would be willing to buy, but you offer that free with uh, when they book with you, you know, for the month of January. Um, and you could brainstorm a number of things that, that that could be, but it could be, so if designer for a day with anybody that books with me, they get an extra hour phone call that they can use anytime in the next month to just pick up the phone. Their uh, designer for a day is really geared towards DIY clients. They want to spend a day with you, get all of the ideas and the plan put together, um, but they really are going to implement on their own. Chances are they're going to have a question or issues that they run into, or they just, they hit a roadblock and they need some help. So already they get with me an extra hour that they can book to hop on FaceTime or phone call, whatever makes the most sense. But a promotion might be that you get an extra hour that you can use if you book in the month of January, or it could be one of those extra free, like bonus content material things that I mentioned a minute ago, but adding value versus discounting is always going to be my, my recommendation. Anytime you can get away with it. You make a great point. Like right now with a service, adding value probably means an extra, an extra bit of your time, but you know, you're building up and I realize, you know, designers Oasis is for designers. You're clients are on a different side of your business. But if you can build up some sort of digital asset, like say it is a great ebook on some topic you're an expert on or some sort of resource guide, that can be an incentive. It doesn't have to- Can I give you an example of what I give if they're a kitchen? Yeah, project? absolutely. So I have a little kitchen notebook that has, it's, a, it's actually a spreadsheet and it has a couple of tabs and it's really about how to budget for a kitchen renovation. And it's a template and a tool that they can, I use it for me, for my clients when I'm the designer, but I've sort of simplified it for a homeowner to use. And so after 
the consultation is booked, they will get that um, that they can use as their sort of way to organize their project on their own. But that's taken a lot of work to put that together. There's um, a good, better, best price points for things, uh, everything from appliances to countertops to flooring, plumbing, that sort of thing. So they get all of that information if they want to really quickly kind of put together a budget. There's percentages broken out. So if they know their budget is like 40,000, they could plug in 40,000. It'll break out the percentages to, okay, so what does that mean your cabinetry is going to cost? You need to budget for your cabinetry and your lighting and your appliances. So it's a very valuable tool that they can only get when they book a designer for a day with me. That's Awesome. So yeah, and there's a number of ways you could do something like that for clients when they book with you. And those are great promotions because they don't take any more of your time and any more of your resources once they're done. That's the best. Yeah. And that's, that's so set. I mean, that right there is kind of the future of where things are going is that, you know, if you can create some assets, some digital assets that are really valuable and people would pay money for, but you offer that as a free bonus, free extra, you know, the incentive. It's such a win-win. It's another thing that's going to help sell your designer for a day or your consultation or whatever. And people are thrilled to get that stuff. And it took you no more time because you have it done. Yeah. I I would just say, look and see what you already have available that you use all the time. And maybe you need to repackage it a little bit or or simplify it if it if it's overly complicated or too designery you know it's got designery language in it you want to make it approachable too for your clients so um yeah there's i I imagine if you guys brainstorm you can find things that you already have that you use that you could share with them checklists spreadsheets there's probably lots of tools that you've developed you use in your business that you can simplify and i mean who doesn't love a good you know downloadable checklist or fill in the blank or like I do. I'm like, give them all to me. I want to try them. Yeah. I love that idea. So um, the other thing that I will do sometimes, but I don't overdo this or do this very often because I don't want to be that person who's like always selling is to create an offer with a limitation or, or a timeline to it. So, you know, I can't book more than a couple of designer for days in a month because it okay, is explain that. it takes a lot of energy and they can be draining for me personally even though I love doing them when I'm there but by the time we're done like I am done and so if I know gosh I've only booked one this month I've got room I can do one more I'll post that on Instagram or something and say hey guys I still have one spot left or one more opening this month for designer for a day I'm available to hop on the phone this afternoon if you want to learn more and put my contact information out there. This works. So I get texts from the place where I get my facials done. And (laughs) every now and then they'll send a text and say, hey, we have some last minute openings that you can book if you give us a call and book it if, if you're interested. And I've totally booked with them given when I get those texts. So it's the same idea. Yeah, that's, I never thought about that applying to us. Like hair salons do that with great success. It it depends on your services and what you offer. So yeah, it's almost that scarcity mentality, even though I hate that word because I don't like to operate from a place of scarcity. But if you put a timeline on it or say, you know, I've got room for one more, you know, and I always tell my clients when when I'm booking with them or I'm in my initial consultation, like I, and this, I don't make stuff up though. It's, it's, I only say it if it's true, you know, I'll say like, hey, we only have room for one more client this quarter. And, you know, 
if I'm talking to other people, I will let them know that and say, I start working with whoever pays us first. <laughs> yeah, you make a really good point about it has to be real because I, admittedly, I've tried that tactic before of like, I've, you know, I've only got one opening for this this month or putting constraints around the availability or the time for it when that hasn't been the case. And it just always feels a little weird. Like I, and I wonder if people can kind of sense that. I don't know, because I see it working so well with other businesses and I assume it's genuine, but I think that is important is that I think there really has to be the scarcity. And if you are wide open, there needs to be a different way that you're promoting your services and, you know, trying to get people in the door quickly. There's, there's a different way to put a limitation around it. Maybe it is a limited time value add, quote unquote, or a limited limitations help people decide and make purchases quickly. If things are too open ended, people don't pull the trigger. But there are ways besides- It has to, I, I do think it has to be real. I think people can sense a manufactured- Well, that's what I mean. I feel like that's probably why it didn't work for me is that people <laughs> were like, that's bull crap. <laughs> She's not that busy or just something feels off. Well, but I, I get it though. And I appreciate, I appreciate, you know, being, I, and I'm sure at some point I've done that too in my business. I appreciate the the vulnerability and being able to share that because I'm sure our listeners have, have done the same thing. But- you kind of like try things and see what works. And some of it does and some of it doesn't. And then you can- course correct and figure it out but that's one strategy that i think this this the limited availability only works if that's true limited time is different like this is an offer that's only valid until the end of the month or the end of the week that's legit because you can choose those constraints around what you're offering no this coupon is is valid you know until january 31st whatever that might be right i mean i had to i had to send an email to a client who i've been in discussions with for literally months now I get it. It's a big project, so it needs a lot of conversation and it's a big investment. But I could see us moving into the Christmas holidays and it was just like crickets. And and so I finally sent an email and I said, hey, I just wanted to reach out to you one more time in order for us to keep your availability for January to start in January. We're going to need a commitment from you before we break for the holidays. And that is a financial <laughs> commitment. There's no questioning that. And so it, that did the trick, you know, and he, and he signed and paid the same day. So yay, that's so good. Yeah. I, I, and that's one of those situations where like we do have, we don't, we have other people that we're talking to and we're not going to keep them waiting because this other person can't get it together. <laughs> so. Well, and in that sense, even if you didn't, you still want a financial commitment for someone to start. Like you don't want them to be, you, you can't be in limbo. There's truth to that. I think that's a great way to handle it. Have them put a little money where their mouth is and commit to starting. And that's a great idea. I also recognized that, and this is a little bit off topic because we started out talking about how to reach potential clients, but thinking about your process too, and getting onboarding clients, I have pivoted just a little bit um, to what I ask from my clients to commit to upfront. It used to be like a full commitment for all of design. So everything up through the point where we give a design presentation, I have now broken that out into two levels of commitment. The first commitment is let's just get you through concept design. Here's what you're going to get with concept design, A, B, C, this is what it's going to, this is what your investment will look like. Here's the timeline that we can complete this. And that way they're getting value. They're getting information. They're getting a plan, a tool, some, some visuals, they're getting some budgetary numbers so that they can decide if they want to go whole hog or not. And it's a little bit less of a commitment for them. If you've got someone who maybe isn't quite sure what they want, or if they're 
budget will allow for it, or if they can do everything at once, this can at least give them some components that can help them make decisions. And I find that to be more approachable for some people. Um, so if you have reached out to someone in the past and maybe your services were beyond their reach um, financially, maybe if you can go back and reframe, how can I make this more approachable for them? And go back and say, hey, the last time we talked, I realized that this is kind of where you were with things. And I just, I crossed my mind the other day and I really would like to help you out. What if we did this instead? And this way you would get A, B, and C. You still get, still provide a lot of value, still provide them something that they can work with. Even if they, if that's as far as they went with you, it still gives them something that they can work with. So for example, my concept design package is, I think it's pretty meaty, but they will get mood board that shows like the visual direction and the mood. It's not specific like interior. Uh, I'm not like sourcing anything yet. It's just creating the mood um, kind of like a brand would. They're getting a layout, a room layout. Let's just say it's a living space and we're talking about a furnishings project. It's going to say like here is the best layout for this space. I'm using generic placeholders you know, 36 inch swivel chairs, an 89 inch sofa, an eight by 10 rug, blah, blah, blah. But I haven't sourced anything. So now they have like specific sizes that they know they can work with. They've got a color palette and then um, overlaying a budget on all of that. So now you know your layout. You can maybe even give them two options if that's something that's helpful. Then you can give them, you know, good, better, best. So if these are all the things you're going to need, you can spend anywhere from X number to X number and feel good. So they get a budget, a layout and a mood board. Ow. <laughs> Sorry. I said ow because I just smacked myself in the face. <laughs> no. And I mean, essentially what you're talking about is a downsell. And this is what I'm sort of learning recently too, is that a no from a client doesn't necessarily mean no. It means it was the wrong time or the wrong package or the value wasn't there for them. And I've started, you know, say full service design, you propose that. And for whatever reason, they say, no, thank you. That's a great chance to say, hey, I understand this was beyond what you were prepared to invest. I have another option I think would be a great fit. You know, Kate, like you said, with your concept package, maybe it's a designer for a day session instead. You can explain to them the benefits and the outcomes. They don't care about how long it takes. It's it's this many hours and this like no they just want to know do not bombard your clients or potential clients with the nitty-gritty details of how you get there bingo they want outcomes like i keep hearing this this idea i think toby fairley has been saying this like don't sell them on the plane sell them on the destination like nobody cares the plane has leather seats and leg room they just want to know about hawaii and how that like they want to get to hawaii so keep that in mind but yeah i think that's a great chance to go back to past clients in the new year clients that maybe said no for whatever reason financially time wasn't right and hey i i thought of you here's i just launched this new package here's a great option i think could be a good fit here's what you can expect let me know this is something you know, we can hop on a call. I think that's a great way to, you know, let clients know that or let potential clients know that you've been thinking about them, you care about them. You're never going to make, don't make your service cheaper. If you propose something and they said it was too high, you don't just knock money off that, but you find another solution that everybody wins. I think that's a great way to reach out to potential clients and hopefully get them, you know, back in the game with you. Right. And you never know, ideally at the end of whatever that is that you deliver, you give them something that they can be really excited about. And best case scenario is they're like, they just blew their socks off. They're like, wow, this is great. I can't imagine not finishing this with you. I need your help. Let's do it. You know, but even if you just, you know, gave them that, 
and they've got a tool to work with, you just created a raving fan, you know? I think that's awesome. And I know, you know, obviously we're talking about this in the new year and this is a real good strategy to kickstart the year, but these are tactics, emails, contact points you can use and should use regularly throughout the year. Whether you do this process weekly and, you know, hey, every week I'm going to go reach out to five past clients and just check in with them. Or maybe you spend an hour doing this monthly. But I think these are great ideas that need to happen frequently. You can't just do this once in January and expect your business to be banging for the year. This is definitely a process that requires consistency and repetition and time it's a long game but it doesn't have to be so scary yeah it is it's exactly right it's a long game that's why i block it's only 30 minutes wednesday mornings i think it's 9 30 in the morning 9 30 to 10 on wednesdays you've been doing this as long as i've known you i didn't used to i didn't think about doing this when i was first in business and when i can't remember which coach it was suggested this i was like oh yeah that's real smart so yeah and it's just it's a it gets less scary the more you do it. So if you just commit, hey, every week I'm going to email five clients or five leads or five whatever, that can be a starting point for you. And just start making offers, reaching out, bringing value. If you don't have an email list and you don't have time to blog, like Kate was saying, start an email list and just send a quick something to people every week that brings value. Right. When Go back and listen. We've got some other episodes where we talk about in-person marketing and online marketing. Um, both are really important for your business, but I know in the past episode, I talked about hosting a party, you know, host a wine and cheese pairing meal or event at your house or at a local whatever and invite, you know, a handful of people that you would love to work with. And it doesn't have to be salesy. Just say, Hey, I thought of you. I'm hosting this. It's on this night. It's free. I'd love if you could come bring a girlfriend. Um, let me know. And you can RSVP and you know, there's, there's other ways that you can do it that are a little more indirect, um, and fun and don't have to cost a ton of money. So, yeah, I love that. But I, I mean, I love that and I hate it because I don't want to throw a party, but I love your idea. <laughs> and I guess, I mean, what I want to make sure is clear is like, there's more than one way to do this, to reach out to people, to connect with people that you can find a way that really suits you and your style and your strengths. So if you don't want to host a party, I think about when I was in commercial design, our commercial reps used to do so many fun activities with us. And this was their way of marketing. It was a way of developing a relationship because that's what this is about. And so if throwing a party isn't your thing, some of the other ideas that I'll just riff off for a second, but um, we had reps that would take us to, we had a really fun bowling alley that was in town. Um, they would take us bowling. They would take us to have our nails done, like pedicures. <laughs> and those are fun. Um, they would take us to cooking classes. And obviously some of these cost more money. So it kind of depends on where your budget is. But if you've got higher end clients that you're really aiming for, then, you know, having Now's a great time, if you haven't already done it, to think about your budget for the year, your marketing budget. You know, maybe you don't want to spend money on print advertising or print marketing. Build a budget for taking some potential clients out to go to a ballet or something. I don't know. There's all sorts of ideas out there that range in pricing from free to um, extravagant. So it depends on where you are. I just want to remind people that it's super weird and scary sometimes to start doing this and be like, but they haven't heard from me in a year. And it feels weird just be like, hey, person. And it's kind of like with anything that's uncomfortable in business, you just have to do it and it will get easier and it will become more normal and natural and 
the you'll start to take the nose or the ignoring less personally. It's hard when you've put yourself out there and you're vulnerable, reaching out and, you know, giving yourself, giving your ideas, your giving your heart. I, I, I'm sorry, I have, to, I have to add to this because that's so important. If that's what you're feeling, then stop thinking about yourself. You need to start thinking, about, this isn't about you. Start thinking about your clients. What are they struggling with? What are their pain points? What are they frustrated by? Are they embarrassed by their home? You know, whatever the case may be and figure out a way to add value and just share it. So if it's a one-time email that is just packed with really helpful information, then do that. But if you're struggling with it and feel like you're being too salesy, it's probably because you're thinking about yourself and you need to be thinking about them. And how can you help? And we're going to end there because that was perfection. (laughs) Thank you, Ben. Guys, don't Um, forget if you have not already downloaded your free mini business toolkit. Yes, this is a way we are bringing value to you for free. You can grab that at designersgettingcoffee.com. There's a ton of useful checklists and reference guides in there. Go grab it. Let us know how you've been using it. IRL. We would love to see you. Love to see a little picture of you in action with that, maybe on a job site or in your office. Please tag us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee. Send us an email. Hello at designersgettingcoffee.com. We love to connect with you and know what's up and see how you are using the tools that we are helping out for you. There we go. All right. Enjoy your weekend. Bye. Have a good weekend. Bye guys. Hey designer. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback. For more designers getting coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee.